This is Trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth, and we were delving into Jacob and Esau and the history between Israel and Idumea that plays out in the New Testament, starting with the originators of both of those nations, Jacob and Esau, the sons of Isaac. One is the son of the promise. The other is not, even though he was the firstborn and should have been. So what happened? We're going to delve into that today in three different sections, two in Genesis um, and a section in Hebrews, and actually that's two different chapters, so I guess there's four areas. But we're going to invite David and Hattie so they can get in on this discussion. May the Holy Spirit bless us with his presence and his cleansing of our ears and hearts so that they may be open to hear the word, and may our hands and feet live out the word as we continue in our lives. In Jesus' name. Hi! Hi, Hattie. Howdy. Hi, hi, David. How are you? Well, I'm doing all right. Hey, were we going to talk about what happened between Jacob and Esau today? Yes. Now, there's a number of items that happen. We're going to stick with two because this changes the agreement that society had and God had formerly that would have been Esau's as the oldest son but became Jacob's and why that happened. Wow, that changes a lot of things. It does. And one is a matter of value. The other one is a matter of trickery. So let's read in Genesis. Excuse me. So, Genesis verse 25, or chapter 25, verse 29. Once, when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom. Here it comes. Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright. In other words, his rights as a firstborn son to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew. Excuse me. And he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Okay, let, let me get this all straight. So he's the oldest son. He has a right as the oldest son. What does that mean? Well, first of all, in Esau's case, it would have meant inheriting the promise of God that had been given to Abraham, that had been given to Isaac. 
and was to be given to Isaac's heir of the promise. <clears throat> so he was really didn't care about that promise. That's how God took that, which becomes obvious in the book of Hebrews. We'll read that in a little bit. So he is hungry because he's been out in the field all day. And he trades his entire inheritance, his first dibs on his inheritance. This becomes obvious in the second story we're going to read. And um, all that should have been his for lentil soup and some bread. Like, didn't he eat that in probably less than 10 minutes? Probably. Probably. Okay, so Jacob makes him promise, makes him swear. Did they exchange anything? Did they write anything down? Did they pinky swear? What What happened here? We're not sure. But whether there was some, like, trading of <coughs> symbols or something, we're not sure. There's nothing that seems to mark this particular transaction. But there had to have been something because... Um, because of Jacob's insistence that it be more than just telling him. So, now, people were supposed to abide by their word. Obviously, that, that swearing would have been a <clears throat> contract of sorts about his name. But whether Isaac knew Isaac and Rebecca came to know about that agreement or not is difficult to find out. The scripture never really tells us that. So... Then we move on, and I'm going to mention this because this is a problem as well. Genesis 26, the very end, there's something that happens in the middle, but it really doesn't have to do as much with Jacob and Esau. But verse 34, when Esau was 40 years old, he took Judith the daughter of Biri the Hittite, to be his wife, and Basimath, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. So he married two local women, and we don't know what it meant 
for them to make life bitter for Isaac and Rebecca, but something didn't work out well here. Okay, so, so, how does this work out? Well, let's go to the next story, because I think you'll see. In Genesis 27, when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old, I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare for me delicious food, such as I love, and bring it to me, so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the, before the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare from them delicious food for your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat, so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, there was a little bit of a problem here. Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I will seem to be mocking him, and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice, and go bring them to me. So he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food, such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son, and the skins of the young goat she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went into his father and said, My father, which would have been Abi, and he said, Here am I here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you have told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands were the hands of Esau, and he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, Are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, Bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the 
fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me and ate it all before you came? And I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you and all his brothers I have given to him for servants. And with grain and wine I have sustained him. What can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow wet or restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching, then I will kill my brother Jacob. But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother, in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereft of, bo of you both in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob mar marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? Chapter 28, Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him, You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise, go to Paddan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father. And take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Paddan Aram to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean the brother of Rebekah, Jacob, and Esau's 
mother. Wow. So, well, I'm a little confused. Esau says, for he has cheated me these two times. He didn't cheat Esau the first time. Esau gave him the birthright. Right. So, he's mentioning that that Jacob cheated him twice, but he didn't. And... So Esau is kind of turning this all around. Jacob is the bad guy in his head, which is often what we do. When we get mad at somebody, we tend to make everything their fault rather than taking ownership for what we have done. But then he wants to kill him. That's very sad. It is. It is. But Rebecca comes up with a plan. Now, I'm going to speed this up a little bit because we're not going to read all of what happens. But now wait a minute before we go to the plan. Can I ask one more question? Sure, David. Is it? Okay, so Jacob's mother is Rebecca. Her brother is Laban. So that is Jacob's uncle, right? So... If he marries out of Laban's family, isn't that his cousin? You're right. And that is a little confusing because um, this is back at the beginning of history. And so a lot of the things that happen because people marry too close to other family members, which we don't even allow now, um, are become medical problems. And in this case... Um, for some reason, God sanctioned this. But it was probably because the world was very, very, still very, very young. And genetics had not messed up to the point that they had now. Although there are some things, because, because people don't marry into the tribe of Israel, there are some genetic diseases from people marrying too close to their own tribe. So it happens, but not at this point. So so he goes wandering off, yeah. And he goes and he, how long is he gone? He's gone a long time. He's gone much longer than he thought he was. He's gone so long, and this is what I was going to speed up for you. He's gone so long that Rebecca dies. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought Isaac was getting ready to die. Interestingly enough, when when... When Jacob comes back, years and years later, it is Rebekah who has died. And Isaac is still alive and living with his brother Esau. Wow. That's a turn of events. Yep. And there was a cave. We haven't gotten to that story per se, but Abraham bought a cave from the Hittites, by the way. So the Hittites play into this story. Um bought a cave from the Hittites that was a cave where he buried Sarah. And then Abraham was buried there by Isaac and Ishmael. Okay, we're going to get to the story about who Ishmael is at some point, right? Yes, and it's a very important story. But we're starting from where the point of Luke is. So we're at that's why we kind of skipped a little bit of that. It went to Jacob and Esau. Okay. So, 
Anyway, so there's this one place in all of the land that God promised Abraham. There's this one place he actually owns. And um, and it's the cave for burial. And so when Jacob gets back, he and Isaac dies. And he and Esau bury Isaac next to Rebekah in this cave of Machpelah. The last couple that we know of, last couple, um, was Jacob. And he has two wives, but only one of them is buried in Machpelah. And then Joseph, one of his sons, he has a whole number of sons, and we'll talk about that later. But they become, they become the tribe of Israel. Um, they become the nation of Israel, are his 12 sons. One of those sons ended up separated from the others. That's a, that's a really good story. We'll get to that later, too. Um, and ends up living much of his life in Egypt, but he makes them promise that when the people return, they end up going to Egypt. They end up living in Egypt for 400 years. 400 years? Yeah. So they start out as this little tribe of people with Jacob and Rebekah, who has 12 sons, who have sons and daughters. And they end up moving to Egypt sometime in there, right? Because of whatever that story is. Right, we'll get to that story. And that whole group ends up staying there 400 years. Yes. And when... And Joseph makes them promise that... When they go back to live in Israel. So he had a lot of faith. He did. Joseph had an incredible amount of faith. So he makes them promise what? That when they go back to Israel. To take his body back to Israel. And place it in that cave in Machpelah. Wow. Wow. Do they do that? They do. They do. Somebody remembers that. Wow. Okay. So. Hebrews. Hebrews is a book in the New Testament. It kind of goes through the entire history of the Old Testament in miniature. Very, very quickly. And explains a whole lot about how Jesus correlates with the Old Testament. So, there's a chapter in there called the chapter that that, mentions the faithful to God. And in that chapter, there's a summary of what we've just read here. Verse 20 of chapter 11 is, By faith Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. 
Wow. So that goes all the way down. All the way down to the New Testament. Yes. Yes. And then there's something that there's a lesson drawn out of this life of Jacob and Esau that we're supposed to understand that Hebrews goes into in chapter 12. Um, and it says... And I'm trying to figure out exactly where I want to start because this is this is this is a really deep paragraph. And if I just read you that section, you're gonna miss what it's trying to know. Um because it, it's talking about discipline. So um In verse 3, it says, Consider him, Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So we're supposed to take Jesus as an example? Yes. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. No. Right. So Jesus shed his blood for our sin and he's saying there's you haven't you haven't struggled against sin to the point that you shed your blood. So Jesus gave a much bigger sacrifice. Than you do by resisting sin. And so his point is is that God disciplines his children. And then it quotes, "My son do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Wow. So we're supposed to be learning, and sometimes that's not really easy or pleasant to do. Right. Okay. So if we're not doing something right, God's going to tell us somehow? Yes. Verse 13, Therefore lift your drooping hands, and strengthen your weak knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Wow, that's interesting. So he's talking about discipline, but then he talks about actually hands and feet. Yeah, 
And, you know, if you think about it, when you're sad, you're all droopy. And he says, you know, stop everything from drooping and make sure that you make your paths straight. So decide that you're going to do what you need to do for the Lord and walk God's path as he shows it to you. And, you know, quit, quit wavering back and forth between God's way and another way. So he's basically saying, listen to God's discipline because it's going to keep you um, it's going to keep you from getting hurt. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral, immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. So God had it rigged that even though Isaac was going to play, was going to bless Esau, Rebecca remembered that God had promised Jacob was going to be the one that was going to receive the promise. But also, that was the honest thing to do. That's what should have happened. Right. Because Jacob had been sold Esau's birthright. But that means that Esau didn't think very much of the of 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 what he was to get. Right. And you remember the promise in Genesis where it says that he's he's going to be out and away from Jacob, but essentially he's not going to be in the same place at all where there is no dew and all of that, and that when he got tired of Jacob's yoke, he was going to throw it off. Yeah. So Herod was Edomian, which means that the Edomites, for that very brief period of time, actually ruled Jacob. So that prophecy happened under Herod. Right. Wow. So this has been going on a long time. Right. Exactly. And actually the Edomites and the Israelites have had had back and forth stuff and sometimes they've cooperated and sometimes they've battled each other this entire time but at this point in time Herod the Edomite has broken the yoke like Esau was promised by Isaac or blessed by Isaac to have happened but he doesn't receive the eternal promise so even though he's the one ruling Judea He's not the rightful king. Right. Wow. That's amazing. That that story all the way back there. And even that blessing was given. And wasn't fulfilled till the time of Jesus. Right. That is actually pretty amazing. 
But it's sad. There are some things that we can't take back. We need to be very careful with our words. And we need to be very careful to be grateful for what God has given us. And I have to admit that there are times in my life where I have it. But this story always reminds me that there are times when God has given us something super precious. That when we waste it, it's gone. There's no way to get it back. That's sad. It's very sad. And so that's why the book of Hebrews brings this up. Don't do that. Don't do that. When we get into the book of Hebrews itself, now that you know that story, you'll see the various stories. That's a book that um, we need to read after we've read a lot of the stories in the Old Testament because it weaves the story of Jesus and shows that the story of Jesus was there all along, actually. But it, it shows, it weaves that into the story so that we understand that that was already there. Wow! So Jesus was already with God from the very beginning and 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 all this all these stories come come to play around Jesus? Yes. That's really cool. It is. It really is. So, anyway, let us let us listen and be grateful for God's promise and not trade God's promise for anything. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your consistency. You have no shadow of turning. We don't have to guess about you. We know that you love us. We know that you discipline us. We know that you want us to walk in your light and in your life and in the way you have for us. And you want us not to have drooping arms and weak knees, but to make our decision and walk for you. And Lord, we thank you that we can do that every single day. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So Lord, help us to do that. Help us to never lose sight of your goodness. And... Lord, we love you. Thank you for sending Jesus, your son, to live, to show us who you are, to die for us as a sacrifice for us, and to rise again as a risen King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. 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 Bye. Thanks for telling telling us the Bible story. Yeah, and thanks for showing us that it was in the Old Testament, but it, it it went all the way and affected the life of Jesus on earth and and and, and was mentioned even in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, Hattie. 
We'll see a lot more of that as we go forward. It was God who wrote such a fantastic book for us. See you. See ya. This is Trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth, and I hope you've enjoyed this story, and I, I hope that as we go forward, we can find those Old Testament stories and bring them to life as we look at the life of Jesus. Thank you for joining me, and remember, God loves you, and you are one of his excellencies. So what is the next step? If you've heard this podcast, I appreciate you and would love to hear from you. There's a couple of options. Number one, listening adds value to this podcast and making this podcast. Um, number two, you can subscribe to this podcast. If you want to know more about that, email me at trainbygrace2 at gmail.com. I'll be happy to set you up with that. Number three, um, it gives you an opportunity to ask questions if you need a Bible, if you need resources. Also, send me an email, trainedbygrace2 at gmail.com, all one word, um, all lowercase. And again, subject line podcast, and write in what you need. I hope that you have the resources you need or this sparks your interest. You may have some resources closer. Praise God for that. Um, but I hope this helps enrich your life and, and helps you in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. For the glory of God the Father and by the leading of the Holy Spirit. God loves you. God bless you.